Hello and welcome back to the Sapient Podcast, the place where you get exclusive insight into the company that is forging an antidote to mass surveillance. In this space, you get to dive deep into our venture and our thought process, and you will be the first to find out what's going on and what's coming up. As always, feel free to participate in our subreddit at r slash saving, or send us an email to podcast at saving.io. So today I got the possibility to talk with Tabitha, who joined us back in January, and we talked about her responsibilities, how it was to become part of the company, both from an onboarding perspective, but also as the first woman in the team. And then we also talked about the content production that is going on and the updates to that and the new structures it will have. And where she is helping me out a lot. So I hope you have a really great week. Enjoy today's episode. Let's jump in. Welcome, Tabitha. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. It's cool to have you. It's It's been a while since you joined the company, and this is exciting to um, talk to you a bit and have a chat, and that our listeners get to know you as well. Yeah, I'm very excited to be um, featured on this episode. Because until now, I've only been behind the scenes <laughs> and editing the the episodes, but now I'm actually part of one. Yeah, that's really cool. Does it feel awkward to be like more public now? It's not weird, but I'm just not used to it. Yeah, I can recall those feelings as well. It was being from the privacy space, I was like very cautious about being public and more and more I had to realize and Raphael pushed that a lot like you're the one of the founders or you're one of the owners of the company you have to show your face you have to show your full name and also your voice and all this stuff it's yeah it's, it needs some getting used to but would you like to introduce yourself a bit like where are you when did you join and yeah what your responsibilities are yeah sure so um as you already said, my name is Tabitha, and I work in the back office. I work for 20 hours a week, so I'm only a part-time worker, and I'm the only female um, worker at Safing, which is totally not a problem. I really enjoy that. <laughs> I am a musician, and I am a coffee addict, and I love Star Wars. Um, but that's more on a personal side. My responsibilities are writing reports, um, doing pre-work for accounting, editing podcasts um, or videos or certain other audio files or video files, drafting contracts or official agreements, and participating in meetings, contributing marketing ideas. So it's a very broad spectrum. Yeah, it definitely is. When, when you first joined or when Raphael was talking about filling this position, it was like I... I just knew like this is all the stuff that Raphael does and I, I couldn't really grasp why he needed help or like <laughs> why he was so urgent about this. But after getting to know you and how you involved and how you helped him out, um, especially you also help, are helping me out with videos and audios and all that stuff. But I can now more grasp why it was important to fill this role. So yeah. Like, one aspect you mentioned was accounting, and is that something very dry, or what is your take on that work? 
learned accounting in school. It was a major part of my education, and it was always logical, which is why I loved it so much. Um, I love things that have rules, and you could always apply them. Um, and that, like, for example, when you have a task and you just have the rules, and you have never done that task, but you can apply those rules, and it's still correct. That is something that I really enjoy because I can learn that by myself, and that's basically what I did. Um, so it has to do with numbers, and it's like, yeah, you just have also a system and categories, and you can sort them, and that is a lot of fun for me. I just love order and putting things in in places where they belong. So it it wasn't really hard to start at saving with the accounting because you already knew the rule set. Yes. I mean, it was still different because if you learn something in theory, it's always different when you start actually doing it in like the practical yeah. field. Um, but I at least had the basic knowledge and um, yeah, I also talk a lot with the accountant and whenever I have questions, she's always eagerly helping me out and trying to explain everything so that I um, am not confused anymore. Yeah, for, that's cool. For context there, we have an external accountant who does our book, bookkeeping as well. But uh, we have to do a lot of work on our side as well to collect all the invoices and receipts and all that stuff. And then we move them to her side. So is there something special in the accounting field? Because you learned it at school and you learned the Austrian rule set, I guess. So is there something special going on now with Safin since we plan to expand in a lot of countries? Yes, definitely. I have to sort so many different invoices from various countries that are not within the EU. And they have a very different layout with their billing. Um, every invoice looks different and it's sometimes hard to find the invoice number and you can't really book something if you don't have that invoice number and sometimes you just have to write the company um, hey we need that invoice number otherwise we can't really process this invoice so that's definitely a growing process and I think as soon as we go on the global market um, and we start um, selling our products and a few customers purchase them um, there's still going to be a lot of work um, also for me um, to just learn new rules, I guess, with the global economy um, because I already know um, the rules for the Austrian billing system, but not for the international billing system. Yeah, that will definitely be a, an exciting field or <laughs> one where we have to grow as a company and you as a person, like in, in, in your skill set. You mentioned quite a few fields, like accounting, content production, podcast, audio, drafting contracts, time tracking. Do you have a area which you would consider the driest of yours, like the one which you enjoy the least? It's probably writing reports, because there, there are so many details that I don't know yet, especially when it's about the, the product we're developing because we had so many name changes and um, the company has existed for two years or almost three years actually and there were so many changes in all these processes um, that when I go through old reports most of the things that 
are written in there don't even apply to the current situation anymore. So I kind of have a template, but at the same time I can't apply it to what I have to do. And writing reports is not something uh, that I learned in school. I only learned project management. And that's also uh, what comes in handy with uh, working in the back office. But um, these kind of reports really do stretch me and I feel like I'm growing in that matter and that's that's really great but at the same time it costs me a lot more energy than editing a podcast or doing pre-work for accounting because I already know a lot more about that and that's why I have some kind of system figured that I figured out for myself so I can be more efficient but with writing reports I still have to learn how to um, collect all the data that I need efficiently so I have everything in one place and I already know, okay, I'm going to do a chart first or I'm going to do the description first or, I don't know, I gather all the information first and then I fill everything out or I do the layout first. So yeah. that's something I still have to figure out. Yeah, I totally understand you. Like, you're writing reports for grants we receive. So there are like these agencies behind or I don't know if agency is the right word but these organizations which hand out the grants and they want to have reports to just check that we are doing what we applied for and we, what we said we would do and thinking about this and thinking about how much has changed in the last three years it's <laughs> I can fully imagine how confusing some things would, would be for a new person joining the company especially when you have to dig through these things um, just like the name changes we've had for the, our products and also the strategy changes and the numbers uh, yeah a journey it's been a journey and a diverse one which <laughs> with lots of agility involved where we have to adapt but yeah and which which area would you say you enjoy the most so far probably editing video and audio files because that is something that has to do with creativity and I can be very precise with that. I am a perfectionist, but also time tracking. We have a time tracking system and so at the end of the month I export all the data and then sort it in a chart in, an, in a monthly overview and I create just this overview for every employee so they know um, how many hours they worked on what kind of task and I love that because I already figured out how to do that best and I'm very efficient with that already and I immediately see when I made a mistake so I don't have to look for it for, I don't know, three or four hours until I find yeah. it, but I find it immediately and that is just a small success that I celebrate. That's nice. I really enjoy the updates as well and I, I kind of assumed you liked them because of the well-defined structures and <laughs> process. <laughs> so... One area we, we two are working on together, that is the content production. You already mentioned it, videos and audio. And there, like, as head of the communication, I'd say, um, I organize most of these things, and I'm also involved. I got into video editing a bit through the Kickstarter and the Kickstarter updates, which is fun as well. But... Yeah, let's chat about what is currently happening and yeah, what what's where is that uh, that area headed? 
you mean in regards of content production? Yeah. So, as you already mentioned, we're working together and we had a very nice and, and productive meeting about the various channels that we have at Safing. So, we have the podcast, the blog, um, we are on Reddit, on Twitter, and we also have a video on YouTube. The, the session was also a lot about, like, if we spread out to a, a community or to a platform, what is the goal of that? So, we just don't that have feeds of uh, links to other places. So that was one part I just defined it. <laughs> but please continue. I wanted to add that, <laughs> but thanks. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. even though like we're trying to be on many channels, it's just important to focus on one and do one properly. That's why we talked about the newsletter um, and there's gonna be a major update Uh, I'm gonna be in charge of that now because I really enjoy writing about what's happening in the company um, and we try to have a new structure so we talked about different categories that could be featured for example that we share our team moment of the month so that you get to know the team better um, or we have a what we read or what we watch section where we just feed feature certain books or uh, videos or blog posts or I don't know newspaper articles that are relevant to um, what we do as a company or like that have to do with privacy yeah. and we would love to have a community moment of the month that we feature and um, at this point I want to encourage everyone who's listening engage with us <clears throat> as, mu as much as possible because if you do you have the chance to be featured in one of those newsletters and we will give you a shout out. To make it more fun, we also want to include a meme. So every month there will be a new privacy meme and so you can look forward to that. Definitely. It's, it's going to be a monthly thing now. And regarding the newsletter, I think it is one channel we have completely underused since we actually have a lot of signups and it is a very direct way of communicating with people into their email inbox and so far it's just been me typing a few updates here and there very unregularly very unstructured and <laughs> sometimes it even had a, a marketing touch to it like where i was asking people to get involved into the Kickstarter and stuff. So it was just undefined, unstructured, irregular. And I'm very happy that this is becoming a, a monthly thing, a well-defined thing, and I'm looking forward to that. Especially the content and uh, the, the material that we read or listen to. So if you have any suggestions, just let us know. Um, I just recently finished Permanent Record, which is very fun. And also talk about these things and share them but yeah that that'll be fun it will be really cool having the newsletter out so i'm looking forward to that i think we can move on you mentioned you were the first woman in the company and i think i would tie that together with uh, the question how was the onboarding process you were the third person to join and how did that feel like we i, I know that we try to be improved every time. So I, I wanted to talk with you about this. 
how was the onboarding for you? The onboarding process for me was slow and confusing sometimes. Every area I was confronted with was new for me. I have never worked with Mac before, so I had to learn how to use Mac. And I had to learn how to use GitHub and a different email system and time tracking and a different chat and a different browser. And at least I have the Office package, like Word and Excel. That's something I know. I felt comfortable with those programs, but everything else was just new to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I am not a person who's afraid of like, yeah, software or computers or stuff, because I actually like that. I use a lot of software, but I guess the software that I have been using until that p- moment was just different. And it was not for companies, um, but it was for like private matters. Uh, which makes a big difference. I had to get used to Open Project, for example. That's a software where we have to-do lists and we can upload files and stuff. So everything is in one place. It's the project management system. Yes, exactly. In the beginning, like when you're confronted with so many different softwares, it just gets confusing. And, and Raphael... He, he like really tried to have a list with like everything um, so I wouldn't get confused but I was still confused because everything was new um, and I mean being the only woman in the company is absolutely not a problem for me and I, I honestly don't even feel it because I don't feel any disadvantage everyone is really nice to me and especially Raphael works a lot with me so we became actually really close through working together and Now that I've been here for a few months, I know the team better and I really feel like we we belong together as a team. We are safing. I do feel part of the company. Like in the beginning, I didn't really think that I would be so involved with the company because I only work part time and I do study uh, in university. But now that I look back, I grew a lot closer to just everyone. Um, and that's really nice. Yeah, that's good to hear. Like, especially, I, I can understand that you were overwhelmed in the beginning. You know, especially since you worked part-time, uh, which just t- it takes longer for you to get used to stuff uh, compared to if you would just work full-time. Yeah, it, it is fun to see as well uh, that you are getting more involved into the mission. Like, And as we grow closer as a team, it's really fun to see how each person brings their piece to the table. I think that is the figure of speech. <laughs> it, is, it is fun. And we are really thankful that you, that you joined. And also, I think you, you will smoothen the path for uh, other people to join, uh, also other female workers. In the beginning, I was a bit scared since we have a lot of strong characters in the company and some, like, we we box through what we think and we are very opinionated and vocal. I'd say some of us are very vocal. (laughs) And I, I was a bit scared that this would maybe just not be a very welcoming environment for somebody. No, I... I absolutely don't think that way. You were super welcoming. Everyone was so nice to me and super patient. On the contrary, I thought that 
I like I was a little bit scared at the in the beginning because there were so many people who were programmers who were like speaking their own language with like technical terms and like they had inside knowledge and I came as an outsider so I I know a lot about like structuring and and how companies work and um you know like back office stuff exactly what my task is but I have no clue about coding or programming so I was a little bit scared that they would regard me as someone who was just not as smart because I don't have education in that matter but that absolutely wasn't the case on the contrary they tried to explain everything they could and whenever I had questions I could ask them and I didn't have to feel like I couldn't ask them because they're too basic that's that's cool to hear so, <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's, it's, it's really encouraging to hear and I think that confirm I like that that underlines the work that Raphael has been heavily investing into as well like having us as a team come together having us work together being patient with each other and also like the company culture aspect where where I guess this has a big impact as well. Like not, as you said, it's, it's like, I, I, I know why you were scared because I, I think some people will be like that, but it's good to hear that none of us are <laughs> at saving and that's cool. So since you're not a tech person, I don't think you were very into privacy before you joined or would you, how, would you say you were privacy enthusiastic or before that? No, definitely not compared to you. Okay, yeah, it, it is a journey for everybody. Like when I joined, I back back in the day, a few years back, I was a complete Google fanboy. I was like, my worldview consisted of Google is good and Facebook is evil. And I was very excited about all their products. And yeah, that changed, obviously. But it is a journey. So how would you describe your journey in the last few months since you joined Safing? Like, what did change? So in the beginning, I didn't really grasp how, how important it is to have privacy in the Internet because I grew up with Facebook, Instagram, and other platforms, and I, I use them on a daily basis. And especially as a teenager, when you like create those accounts for the first time, you are not very wise with what you post and what you don't post. Um, and also schools and universities don't really provide enough education in that matter. So um, as I grew older, I realized it is not very wise to just share everything. And I did hold back uh, a lot of things that I thought were too private to share. And um, also on social media and especially like I was a little bit paranoid with like cameras, with like phone cameras or laptop cameras because I knew that a third party could immediately access it and have some kind of weird footage of me being just at home. And I, like whenever I was in front of a camera or like there was the possibility that I would be in the frame of a camera, I would try to cover it or, you know, close the laptop or something so that even if the camera got hacked, you can see anything so that was one big thing um, in regards to privacy I never realized that metadata 
is such a valuable resource for so many companies. I mean, I've heard a lot about companies that sell people's data, and then you get a lot of, I don't know, fishy emails, or you get a lot of ads. But it's actually a problem that goes so much deeper, because even nowadays, with like the current corona situation, in Austria, there was a politician who wanted to force everyone to download a certain app so they could see if they were in contact with someone who was who was infected and that is mass surveillance and i mean maybe he thought that it was a good thing but it can be abused so easily and i absolutely don't want to be in a mass surveilled country or in a mass surveilled world and i'm going to do everything to fight that interesting to hear your path in that regard and I think the importance of metadata was one key moment for me as well, like realizing or hearing stories that people were killed by drones based off of metadata was like, whoa, this, this has weight. And realizing that the message I send to one of my loved ones doesn't matter what's in there, it's more important like how often I write to them that tells a lot more about our relationship than the content of the message. And that is also why I'm so frustrated by WhatsApp promoting their, ooh, we are end-to-end -end encrypted, which some even doubt, maybe they have a backdoor, but even if it is encrypted, they are still collecting, swooping up all the metadata going on in private communications. And yeah, it's, it is something we are fighting against. I would say we do live in one, in a world full of mass surveillance, uh, but luckily it is not abused too much for now. But yeah, the potential is there and that is frightening and that is why we are building an antidote. <laughs> yes, for now is a good keyword because I have the feeling that companies or even the government won't stop until they have reached that. I think that is the ultimate goal because what can a company or a government enjoy more than having control over their customers or over the people? Yeah, it is something that gives power to the monopolies or to the ones that are already big because the bigger, the more power you have, the more you can yeah, use that power or abuse it even. And our current situation, like the legislation is so far behind and the companies that are just exploiting that, even the governments, they are also power hungry. And we can see this also in the current crisis. It will be very exciting. I don't know if exciting is the right word, but it will be very interesting to see that the power that certain governments gave themselves now, if they will be willing to let go because I highly doubt it. Um, it's always just a power grab and then you yeah, hold on to it <laughs> until you're forced to do otherwise. Yes, that is very true. And I also think a lot of people just give in to that because it is hard work to do proper research on how to get disconnected in quotation marks um, from what the government is actually surveilling. 
yeah it is it is it is a very it is a very hard thing for people to grasp and also because we all have these images in our mind like hey my message is secure but the metadata that is not something people easily grasp and you had problems with that and i had problems with that and i think everybody who's listening had problems at a certain point to understand the importance of metadata yeah we are working on solutions we are we will certainly later on also join the education of this matter but yeah it, it is a complex topic speaking of the crisis um how are you personally coping working from home have you done that before i have done that only to a certain degree because i edit the podcast episodes and some of the video files at home i just know this software a lot better than any other software so i'm doing it at home But working from home for me isn't really a problem because I can focus very well even though I'm at home. I'm not the kind of person who gets distracted by a lot of things. Like when I work, I'm really focused and I kind of get into this tunnel um, and I actually lose track of time and space. So sometimes I forget to eat. But if it's only that, then I don't see a problem in that at all. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fun. Uh, it's something we programmers call getting into the zone. Yeah, I have that too. And that is like everything else is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nice to see that it hasn't impacted our team too much. I mean, it is more difficult for some than for others working from home, and it like getting routine. But me personally, I it helps having the daily stand up. And we also have now a coffee break in the afternoon where we just hang out a bit and that is helpful as well. And since we we are not um, in the same space, but we are still connecting a lot and having a lot of meetings or cooperation in certain fields. And that is helping me out, just staying focused. Yeah, same goes for me. Like if I work, there is not even an option to feel lonely because there are so many meetings and there's so much communication and that's a good thing i really enjoy that the only downside is that we can't really meet in the office and have a coffee with like physically being present but we'll have that hopefully in the future yeah it, the austrian situation is looking helpful from my point of view but we, we shall see <laughs> um i think another thing that's helping out as well is having like just mountains of work um, yeah, mountains of work if if you finish something that is cool but you always know what's coming up next and that is also keeping me focused <laughs> so yes having gold i think is a, is a cool aspect so what what are the current tasks you're tackling and what are the current goals for for you well i have a few reports that i'd like to finish this week And I also just finished the monthly overview for um, every employee. That was a lot of work. And um, yeah, I think we have a few more meetings, but um, it's, it's basically going to be the newsletter that is um, going to be my next big project. That's cool. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's basically a wrap for today it was fun having a chit chat and 
maybe we'll do it again soon. So thank you very much for listening. And as always, feel free to participate in our community channels. Like on Reddit, we're probably most active. Or just send us an email at newsletter at saving.io. Thank you, Tabitha. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye.